the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, 5'2", and 102 pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. You know I'm a bad girl. Do what I want, say what I like. Nobody can touch me, trust me, I'm a Welcome, everybody. My name is Amy Reichert. I am not the fabulous Andrea Kay. I'm actually wearing Ugg boots today because it's cold right here in San Diego. And Andrea Kay is off. And we all know how much Andrea loves the beach. So she's probably at some beach right now and she's recharging. And when she comes back, she's going to bring the noise and bring the fire. So today she asked me to step up, come on over to the studio and Fill in for her for the next two hours, and I promise you that I am going to bring the noise and I'm going to bring the fire today. I'm the co-founder of Reopen San Diego, and if you're familiar with Reopen San Diego, we stood up for the safe reopening of schools and businesses. We stood against vaccine passports and against vaccine mandates. We recently won a federal lawsuit against the city of San Diego, and we got the vaccine mandate for employees, elected officials, and volunteers repealed. Hallelujah. So today, I decided for our topic, for the full two hours, we're going to talk about how tyranny continues, of course. And they've been using COVID to enforce this in this tyranny right here at our San Diego Community College District. So what's happening is, On January 19th, three people, faculty and staff, were fired for noncompliance. And on March 2nd, at their next board of trustees meeting, they're going to fire six more. And trust me, this is just the beginning. And these are all people who had approved religious exemptions. So I've asked some whistleblowers to come forward and share with us their experience. Some of these people have already been fired or the district wants to fire them. So right now, I'm just going to welcome our guest, Dora, to the show. Dora. Hi, how are you? Good afternoon. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you so much for your courage. Thank you so much for, for standing up. I am so sorry that all of this is happening to you and your fellow staff members and faculty. No, thank you so much for your advocacy and bringing awareness to the mess that's been created. Well, right now, I just want to hear all about you and your story and what you've been going through. So regarding San Diego Community College District, how how long have you worked for them and what's your current job? Well, I've had the pleasure of serving my community for almost 25 years. Um, My most current position is as Director of Admissions and Records and that also includes covering the Veterans Office and the Veterans Service Center for City College. What? How was it for you when everything was shut down? What was your role like then? Um, it was a challenge. Uh, we had to embrace a lot of new technology 
in order for us to continue to serve our students. Uh, we did a lot of one-on-one -on -one with students. Uh, me personally, I found myself having to cater my traditional operating hours um, to meet the needs of students. Uh, you know, whether I had a, a veteran student that needed one-on-one -on, -one on a Sunday at 10 o'clock in the morning, that's what I would do. You know, it was all about trying to get these students to not give up. I love your heart, Dora. We've already spoken on the phone, and I do know your story. And what really stood out to me is how you had that moment where you stood up for students because the policy at the San Diego Community College District was to ban unvaccinated students. So can you share with us a little bit about what you did to stand up for students? Um, absolutely. I, I mean, internally, my efforts were focused on bringing awareness. You know, I am in management, so it's what they consider being able to sit at the table. And so I thought, okay, you know, I get it. Everybody's concerned. Everybody's scared. But we need to find a place where we can continue to operate and serve our students. So I try to go that route. It's continued to get worse. I thought, okay, I have to speak publicly because clearly the message is not getting to the point it needs to get. Well, um, unfortunately, in the spring of 22, um, although there were plenty of students who had been granted religious exemptions, uh, AFT threatened to strike, and out of nowhere, we received notification that all those students had to be dropped. Basically, um, had access. And I, I remember having conversations with heartbroken parents of students in college because these students were faced with this horrible choice that they wouldn't be able to finish out their college degrees or they wouldn't be able to start. You know, when we look at what's going on right now, the district has actually dropped the mandate, the vaccine mandate for students, but they've kept it for faculty. Why do you think employees with religious exemptions are being targeted? Um, that is hard to say. I mean, I come from a place that I always try to find the good in someone, even if they're causing you some type of harm, try to understand why, what's the reason, um, uh, to try to fix it. And to me, it just boils down to that. I feel ASC has been granted far too much power. And it's gotten to the point where AFT basically has bullied everybody into submission. And that's exactly the story that I keep hearing over and over from staff member and, and faculty who've just been bullied. Uh, they've been discriminated against. They've been shamed. Uh, they've been put through an impossible process where you submit a religious exemption. In some cases, the religious exemptions were denied. And then... What happened was there was pressure from the union, American Federation of Teachers, uh, local union 1931, if I'm correct. And what happened was they threatened to strike if unvaccinated students or faculty were allowed back on campus. So then you had to go through the religious exemption process again, didn't you? Correct. Um, it's, it's definitely been the, the first round we, you know, we informed our, our employer, we got our religious exemptions. I was actually one of the first people that volunteered to come back because 
initially, there was quite a few um, employees who were afraid. And I, and I totally get it with what they were seeing, what images they were seeing on the news. Um, but again, I thought it was important, especially my role as supervisor, to volunteer and basically put my own life on the line to show people there was nothing to be afraid. They shouldn't fear our community. They shouldn't fear our students. They shouldn't fear each other. And I mean, I think I went a good seven months without catching COVID, but I caught it and I didn't die. So again, it should have served to, for people to see that and be like, okay, it's not an automatic death sentence. Yes. I, I think what we all learned from the past couple of years is some people were so afraid of dying that they stopped living. And we saw yeah. that over and over and over. And so thank you so much for leading by example. You know, why do you think there is a rush to, to terminate certain individuals? Honestly, I feel like the reason for this rush is because there is an overwhelming number of um, discrimination claims being filed with the EOC and uh, what used to be known as the Department of Fair Employment and Housing. And they are trying to beat them to the punch um, so that instead of them having to present documentation that they haven't, if that's their claim, that they haven't um, discriminated, it's a lot easier for them to just say, oh, it's a disgruntled employee that we terminated for noncompliance. Don't look at this. Don't look at the vaccine mandate. Uh, it's because they just do not want to comply. Well, what's so interesting is so now staff members have to go in front of the board of trustees. They have to plead for their life and their livelihoods and only given five minutes. And they have to explain why they're not in compliance, why they're not complying. But they have actually complied. They have submitted a religious exemption. And what the district has done as a loophole to get around religious freedom is to say your accommodations have been denied. And the reason they're saying that the accommodations have been denied is because they say that you, Dora, because of your status, you present a clear and present danger, a health and safety, public safety risk. So let me ask you, are you a public health and safety risk? Absolutely not. I mean, if you think about it, there is no distinction between me and a vaccinated employee posing any risk to anyone else as long as we do not actively carry a communicable disease. That's absolutely right. He has already declared vaccinated individuals can contract and transmit. So there is no distinction. You're absolutely correct. On August 11th, the CDC updated its guidelines saying that the vaccinated should be treated the same as the unvaccinated. And Dr. Rochelle Walensky, who is the director of the CDC, said on MSNBC that, and I quote, what the vaccines can no longer do is stop infection or transmission. So right now, there is no science behind any of this at all. You know, Dora, we have uh, just about a minute left until we go into the break. Is there anything else you want to say? Um, I just want to thank you guys for the advocacy 
And it has been, what, two years of absolute chaos. And I'm just hoping that we are going to get to the light at the end of the tunnel. And it just means that we have to keep fighting. Absolutely. We are going to keep fighting. And I just want to say thank you to everybody who's listening. If you want to call in later to the on the show, you can go ahead and uh, give us a call because our lines will be open. And I believe in free speech. So give us a call at one 344 1170 And we're going to be having quite the night tonight. We're going to be having several more whistleblowers that are going to come on. These people are doctors. These people are scientists. And they are going to be revealing what's really going on behind these vaccine mandates. So as we go into commercial, we're going to, when we get back, we're going to be talking about these issues. This is the Andrea K Show on The Answer, San Diego FM 96.1. AK, dynamite in a dress, or just Andrea K. Whatever you call her, she's on the answer, San Diego. Welcome back to the Andrea K. Show. I am hosting, I'm sitting in for the fabulous Andrea K. My name is Amy Reichert. I am the co founder of Reopen San Diego. You might have heard about us. We stood up against vaccine passports for the reopening of schools, the reopening of businesses, and we've just been fighting for freedom ever since. Apparently, the tyranny is not over. So today, the topic for the show is the San Diego Community College District. Just last month, they fired three faculty and staff for noncompliance with the vaccine mandate. And on March 2nd at their Board of Trustees meeting, they plan to fire three more. So I'm very grateful today. I have DJ Potato Skins with me in the booth. He's showing me all the ropes and what to do. And we're having a fabulous, a fabulous show job. so far. Thank you so much. So how was your Valentine's Day yesterday? You know, I always have to take it up a notch now because I made the, uh, made the standard by proposing to my wife on Valentine's Day last year. So this year went pretty well, took the day off, took my wife to work, dropped off a couple of gifts at, uh, at, her, at her school, and then after that, took her to dinner and a play. You are a good man, DJ Potato Skins. I try. Yes. Well, uh, you know, in the spirit of Valentine's Day, this is about love, and it's love for our teachers, our educators. These are on the front lines right now, and... The San Diego Community College District is, is trying to fire them. So tonight we are going to highlight their stories. They're going to share with us. So right now on the line with us is our next guest, Nancy. Nancy, are you there? Yes. Uh, hi, Amy. And uh, thank you for uh, doing this. Thank you so much for, for standing up and speaking out. Your voice is important and it needs to be heard. I'm going to ask you some questions about your experience and regarding your religious exemption, how was that process handled? Uh, so, um, in my opinion, um, uh, this whole process was designed to be really a witch hunt. The intention was to get rid of any unvaccinated individuals with an approved religious exemption. 
at no time did um, the uh, community districts, the San Diego Community College District, intend to just navigate the pandemic, but to rather weed out the so-called anti-vaxxers. It was, and it was really a war of attrition. In my particular case, after about uh, three very difficult semesters, I mean, we suddenly went into lockdown. We, we saw them on an email. They give us a week off to figure things out. And then we had to go figure out how to teach these amazingly difficult classes that had never been taught online before, such as engineering, electronics, uh, laboratory classes. And, um, you know, we, and it was very difficult. We, we had to serve our students however we could. There was a lot of uh, new technology to learn. I had to, all of us had to make our homes into makeshift offices. And then after going through all this process of doing a lot of work, um, I feel like we were, I was penalized uh, for my deeply held religious views. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was faced with a great deal of pressure to choose between the job or the jab, mm. or in a between the jab or the job. And, um, but, you know, I felt like we, they should have recognized all the amazing work that we did to make sure these classes continue and the students actually get the education. And um, so, you know, first they started saying, um, uh, asking us to provide proof of vaccination or a letter of religious or medical exemption or else. So these emails that came came from HR, and I pointed this out to them, they were very threatening, uh, unduly so, because we were all just following orders and doing whatever we could to teach our classes. And there was this tone of punishment and disciplinary action. So I provided my religious exemption letter on time and I but however when I was writing that letter it was very difficult Amy because I was sharing some very personal beliefs with mm-hmm. I didn't read it like there was supposed to be human resources higher ups you know is my dean going to see my letter the IT personnel and I just I mean personally I felt my boundaries were violated in some ways and um, and then the letter was denied first and then I was thinking to myself, is there a religious person here that's judging my religion or my beliefs? But however, you know, after we pushed and we appealed, you know, they suddenly approved it. No rhyme or reason. Hmm. So you mentioned earlier, specifically, why do you think it, it is a witch hunt, what's going on right now? A witch hunt at the San Diego Community College District? Well, so, um, um, you know, Basically, the reason is that I, you know, I, for a couple of semesters, I kind of hung in there because the dean helped and I filed in, uh, an, uh, you know, a questionnaire to say how I would need to be accommodated. But every time I was saved by the bell, Amy, you know, like, for example, the classes that I was supposed to teach on campus would cancel due to low enrollment and so on and so forth. But then when they placed me actually on a leave of absence, because I was the chair, I was supposed to help find uh, teachers to, to staff my, my own classes. And the dean basically made all of those classes online. And by doing so, if they had let me teach those online, that would have been a perfect enough accommodation. And in, in addition, the, a colleague replaced me as chair who is not vaccinated, but for a religious reason, uh, but for a medical reason. So he has a medical exemption, so he can. So he was accommodated. All the other teachers who jumped in to teach my classes, they were mostly part, they were accommodated, but I wasn't. So that proves to me that 
there is intent and malice, uh, and, you know, towards my religious exemption. Yes. And what's very interesting is the San Diego Community College District is one of the last districts to even require a vaccine mandate for faculty and staff. They've already dropped the vaccine mandate for students. And as we've seen across the country, vaccine mandates have been repealed, sunsetted. They've been struck down in court. And it just seems like, what's going on here? Why do you feel that the San Diego Community College District is the only community college firing employees over the COVID-19 mandates. I, I, I really think that this boils down to one person intimidating the chancellor and the board of trustees into such draconian measures. And that person is the AFT Guild Local 1931 president. Uh, that's, that's the guild, that's the AFT that serves the SDCCD. And uh, this is Jim Mailer. Mm-hmm. He's extremely vaccine. And his vision is that for every single person, faculty, staff, or student, or anybody who crosses the campus needs to be vaccinated to the max. So in one of his appearances in front of the Board of Trustees uh, to plead for a reinstatement of the VAX requirement for the students after it had been removed, he said, and I'm quoting, the district needs to seriously enforce the vaccination requirement and not allow anyone to opt out claiming a religious exemption. Um, so, and he's basically telling them what to do. His words have a lot of power, of course, considering that the board and the chancellor have to run and be elected and be placed in these positions and without, you know, they really need the union's help to, to, to get into these positions. So, yeah. Well, I'm really, I'm really glad you, you brought up the chancellor because I had a meeting today with the chancellor, Carlos Cortez, and the mm-hmm. meeting didn't go well. Uh, during the meeting, yeah. he referred to my political affiliation and party, even though I didn't bring it up, nor did I imply or mention his. He name-called me mm-hmm. uh, throughout the Zoom meeting. He called me an extremist. Uh, when I followed up in an email afterwards and I cc'd the HR department and the legal department about his unprofessional conduct during this Zoom meeting, I, I said, you name called me, you called me an extremist. And by the way, he thinks you're an extremist too. He thinks anybody who is standing up against the vaccine mandate is an extremist. So he, he replied back and he said, I looked at your campaign website, Amy, and your views are extremist. That they're not in sync with most of America or San Diego. Well, that's not the case. And it's really sad when it comes down to this. It's about name calling. It, it's about unscientific, irrational policy that's hurting people like you. And I'm so sorry that you're going through this. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it seems very difficult. And, uh, you know, I, frankly, whenever I try to have a very logical uh, conversation with anybody higher up uh, at, the, at, the, at my college, if I'm talking to the chair or to the dean, they're just, you know, they just look at me and they say, this is what we have been told that we need to do. Basically, it's, it's kind of a ploy. We're, we're going to put you on campus. And then because you don't, you're not vaccinated, then, you know, you, you're going to be uh, placed on leave. Uh, whereas you can totally teach online. And, um, you know, so uh, if, if Jim Naylor, uh, the last uh, last time he was at the board meeting and he presented, and if you listen to what he says, you can, you can totally see that he's just basically telling the board what to do. 
Yes. Like for example, he did the one faulty analogy when he was talking. He said he likened the, he likened the enforcement of vaccines without any exception to banning smoking on campus. Because a while ago, we banned smoking on, on our campuses. And he said the same way smoking is bad for your health, not receiving the vaccine is bad for your health. So, so we're, we're, we're on your side. We're about to go into a break. And okay. when we'll be back, we're going to talk with some more whistleblowers. This is the Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego, FM 96.1, AM 1170, North County, and streaming all over the world. News, politics, and current events. It's the Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to the Andrea K Show. I'm Amy Reichard. I'm the co-founder of Reopen San Diego. And Andrea has asked me to be here to guest host in her place. And we have some exciting guests tonight and a really hot topic. We're going to be discussing the current vaccine mandates that are still going on. I know it's hard to believe that they're still happening in 2023, but the San Diego Community College District is firing and has fired employees, faculty, staff for not complying. So that's the state of things right now. And I'm going to be interviewing tonight and bringing forward the whistleblowers, the people who actually work at the district, the ones that have been fired and the ones that they're slating to fire. So right now on the phone, we have uh, our next guest, Joanna. Can you hear me? I can. Can you hear me? Hey, welcome to the show, Joanna, and thank you so much for being here. I know how hard this has been on you and your family, and all I want to do tonight is share your story so people can hear it and Hopefully, it'll lead to good things and for the Board of Trustees to reverse course and stand down. So I want to start off tonight with just a little bit about you and what you're comfortable with sharing right now. How did the policies right now that the San Diego Community College District change over time? And what have you experienced going through this process for religious exemption? Yeah, so that's a great question um, because they definitely have changed quite a bit. Um, I was actually on campus the whole time during the shutdown, um, two days a week until they started bringing us back for classes. And at that time, all we were required to do was self-screen. We just had to do a little checklist online, say, yep, you know, no fever, not exposed to anyone with COVID, et cetera, et cetera. Um, That was considered sufficient for quite a while. Um, until the vaccine mandate started. Um, so they decided uh, in mid-2021 to institute a vaccine mandate. And at the time, they said that um, anyone who had already been coming to campus was actually exempt. You just had to quickly, you know, hit a little box on your PeopleSoft, you know, check that box and say, hey, okay, you know, I'm exempt. I want an exemption. That was it. That's all you had to do initially. And that, that really only applied to those of us who were on campus, um, which was <laughs> very yeah. few of us. So you were basically and an essential employee. Yes. Everybody yes. remember um, all that? Yeah, who was essential animals. and non-essential? So you were an essential employee. Correct. 
correct. Um, and and so yeah, I was on I was on campus the whole time, and so at that point I was exempted from the vaccine requirement to return to campus because I was already there. Um, shortly after, they instituted a testing requirement for those of us who were not vaccinated, and I complied. And at every point in time <laughs> during the entire process, I complied. I did everything they asked of me. Um, when it came down to, you know, next it was, all right, well, if you're not going to get vaccinated, you need to get an exemption. So first it was just testing. And then it was, now you need an exemption as well. So I got my exemption. And then they said, well, you need to apply for an accommodation. So I applied for an accommodation, which was to continue doing what I had been doing up until that point. And at that point, I was on campus 40 hours a week doing my normal job as, as you know, I would just normally do my job. Um, which is alone <laughs> um, in empty classrooms, prepping labs for students. Um, I, I don't work with the students. I work for the students. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and so, and, and, you know, and just as a little aside, what really gets me is that I could, I could actually enroll right now since there's no student vaccine mandate. Gotcha. I can enroll in a class I prep and, um, and attend in person, but I can't actually um, prep that class by myself in an empty room. So, so yeah. You know, so I, I, that. I feel like we're living in a catch 22 world. So they have dropped the student vaccine mandate. And right now though, it's still in effect for faculty and staff. So how did that make you feel to be suddenly banned from campus after stepping up as an essential employee throughout the pandemic? What was their reasoning? So, you know, really, it, it felt like I was completely just discarded, like complete garbage. Um, and it really made no sense because it, it was like, how did I go from being essential? How did I go from being necessary that I had to be there during a time of real uncertainty when we really didn't know what was going on? And I had stepped up to be there, you know, and then all of a sudden I was denied my accommodation. And um, but not only that, I was denied mid-December but I was expected to still continue coming in through the rest of December. So somehow it was still okay. And I had to come in over the non-working break because um, animals, that was the whole reason I was there in the first place, taking care of the animals. <laughs> I can't bring a pond home with me. Right. And, uh, <laughs> you know, and so um, somehow it was okay for me to still be there during that, that month of December. But once January rolled around, I was no longer safe. Right. It's no longer safe for me to be there. Right. They're, they're saying that people who are not vaccinated are not safe to the point where you're banned from campus. There's there's no accommodation whatsoever. You're, you're just banned. So I had that conversation with the chancellor of the San Diego Community College District today. It was a Zoom. And uh, Chancellor Carlos Cortez, I, I asked him, uh, you know, he said, you know, Thank you for the, for have or coming to this meeting, Amy. And I I said, well, you know, you know, thank you. And then he said, well, my door is always open. And I said to him, is it always open to the unvaccinated? And Chancellor Carlos Cortez said, oh yes, I will meet with somebody who's not vaccinated. And I said, in person. And he said, yes. And I said, well, isn't that inconsistent with your district's policy? Because right now, unvaccinated people are banned. 
from campus. So there's so many, you know, catch 22 things. So we've got about two minutes left in the break. So I really want to hear from you. And I want to hear what your message to the board is right now, Joanna, what would you tell them? So, you know, I I would tell them to do some real research, you know, for themselves. Don't just Google things, go to actual medical journals and look up real studies and catch up with the current understanding. You know, the, the, everyone seems to understand at this point, except for our district, that the shots don't prevent infection or transmission. They, they, they don't prevent those things. Um, and so they don't affect our community risk. And they're claiming to follow the, the recommendations of the experts. So if you're following the experts' recommendations, then why aren't you following what the CDC says when they've changed their guidelines and said, treat all people the same, whether you're vaccinated or not? Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I brought that up during the meeting to the chancellor, Carlos Cortez. I said, let, you know, let's point to the CDC. And I I stated the evidence. And his reply to me, Joanna, was shocking. He said, you are misinformation. You are fake science. (laughs) And I said, Chancellor, I just quoted the CDC. Are you calling the CDC misinformation? It was unbelievable name calling. And I did call him out for his name calling as well. So um, that's what we're dealing with. That's what you're dealing with. And I just want to thank you so much because this process has been grueling. I think that's what we need to hear from too. It's been hard on you. It's been hard on your family to have your livelihood just over your head any moment just with the threats of losing it. And it's it's unfair and I just want to thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having us on here, all of us. You know, <laughs> really appreciate it. Well, we are going to continue the fight. On March 2nd, we'll be the Board of Trustees meeting, and we're going to have a press conference and uh, make some more noise in a respectful way, of course. And Let's we are, yep, absolutely. We're going to advocate for you. Thank you for being here. We're going to take a break right now. And when we get back, we'll talk some more with some more faculty and staff whistleblowers. This is the Andrea K Show on the Answer San Diego FM 96.1 AM 1170 North County and streaming all over the world. Andrea Kay, the donut queen of San Diego. It's the Andrea Kay Show on The Answer San Diego. Hey, welcome back to the Andrea Kay Show. As she would say, y'all, I'm Amy Reichert. I'm the co-founder of Reopen San Diego, and we have such a great show for you tonight. Thank you, Andrea, for allowing me to guest host in your absence. I know you're on a fabulous beach somewhere. So tonight we're going to be talking about the San Diego Community College District and how it terminated three employees January 19th for noncompliance with the vaccine mandate and how they plan to fire six more on March 2nd. So we're opening up the phone lines right now, 1-888-344-1170. And the phone lines are actually lighting up. We've got a lot of people on the line. So right now we're going to go to Rich. Rich, how you doing? Hey, thank you so much for doing this, Amy. I really appreciate the uh, fact that you're bringing attention to this. We've been fighting this battle um, for over a year now. Uh, I'm, I was one of the people that is uh, being threatened with termination. I had my Skelly hearing today. Mm. Um, 
and to see the suffering, especially in someone like Joanna, who was just on with you, has is, is been just heartbreaking to see how it has affected her family. Um, I want to um, thank the Lord, though, that um, you're doing this and that he, I see what changes he's making in each one of us uh, as we're being drawn closer to him and closer to each other as we're fighting this fight. Um, today, uh, just recently, actually, before my skelly, um, I was convicted by the Lord that my heart was getting hard towards the people that are doing this to us and um, asked him to, to um, change my heart. And I was able to tell the people at the Skella hearing that I loved them and that I advised mm-hmm. them that they are opposing God and um, that it is not good to oppose God because I wasn't a Christian until I was 45 years old. I oppose God and I know what opposing God can do to your life. So it's been, a, it's been an absolute miracle uh, what's happening to each of us as a result of it. And I want to thank the Lord and thank you. Thank you, Rich. And I, I thought about that in the very beginning of these vaccine mandates and how they were forcing people to do a religious exemption. I'm like, what a time in history where people of faith can actually publicly declare what they believe in. And, and people who've, who've never heard about the Lord and how they can, and how the Lord can change people's lives. Jesus changed my life. And, you know, there have been people already on this show that are not even Christian. There are people that are from all walks of life. Uh, there are people who come from Muslim backgrounds. There are people who are Christian, who are Jewish, and they have filed for a religious exemption. So, Rich, I just want to say thank you so much. And uh, we're going to go to our next caller right now. And uh, Rachel, thank you so much for being with us. Tell us your story. Hi. Yes. Um, I am a regular Andrea K. show listener, and I am just um, dumbfounded um, listening to everybody's stories. Uh, I have friends and uh, some some of the neighbor uh, kids in the neighborhood I know have gone to San Diego City College. So I just wasn't aware of some of the stuff that was going on. But I've seen some comments on social media about the uh, about Jim. Uh, Mahler, uh, someone who's the AFT president, and it seems like this man has too much control over what's happening at San Diego uh, community colleges. It's just, um, it doesn't sound right. And uh, I was listening earlier, and since you talked about how the chancellor brought up your political affiliation, even though he shouldn't, Mm -hmm. I felt that everyone should know that myself, I am a Jewish lesbian, if that matters to anybody, which it should not. But apparently the chancellor feels these things should be uh, considered. Um, I am a Democrat. I've been a Democrat my entire life. But listening to what these people have to say, whether they're Democrat, Republican, liberal, it, this, that should not be a topic of conversation at all when it comes to people's livelihoods and them doing them jobs. And it sounds like these people were all great employees and their futures should not depend on whether or not they get uh, a a brand new drug in their body. And so it just is very scary to see that this is happening. You're you're making way too much sense. So we're celebrating right now. Uh, DJ Potato Skins is actually applauding you right now and giving you a standing ovation for your comment. And you bring up a great point. So there was a lot of stereotypes surrounding people who were hesitant about getting the COVID-19 vaccine. They were considered white, Republican, right wing, MAGA, red hat wearing, you know, insurrectionists. 
So, um, right. which was and, completely and, I, and totally and untrue. Yeah, and I'm none of that. I um, I got the vaccine a while back because I felt it was best for me, but I in no way felt it was my uh, in my jurisdiction to actually tell other people what they should put in their bodies. And I am around people that are vaccinated and unvaccinated, and all of them have gotten COVID, whether they're vaccinated or not. So this in this stage of the game, with everything that we know, people need to start making logical decisions. And if it means they have to come out and apologize for their actions, they should just accept that and move forward. Absolutely. Thank you so much for calling in. You're amazing. I want to take this next caller with just two minutes left. Mike, tell us your story. Hey, Amy. How are you doing? Good. Uh, my name is Mike. And, good. And uh, I'm an adjunct instructor at Miramar College. And uh, I... Like everybody else, the story is exactly the same, was given a religious exemption um, and then um, was allowed to teach on campus, uh, just checking in uh, and letting know our status. And then the accommodation came out. And I thought through the whole process, I very much thought that the college was on my side. And I I thought we were just going through some steps and I didn't think it was going to be any problem. But when they came back and said I wasn't allowed on campus, I was totally floored and I thought it would, the situation would fix, but now we're into this and like everyone else um, on the hinges of losing uh, healthcare, um, obviously pay. And then my seniority uh, tenure with the college since 2013. And it just doesn't make any sense. The common sense is gone. Cause I do also teach part-time at Palomar college, which requires nothing of any of the staff or any of the students. And I'm also a retired San Diego firefighter that was working during the extreme of the pandemic next to the sickest wow. and wasn't, didn't have to be vaccinated. But yet now, community college district, the board is mandating still these vaccines when everybody else, where I was even exposed to the sickest of the sick, and wasn't, I didn't have to do anything. So it, the logic has, makes no sense. And uh, I enrolled as a student in a class. I, I didn't make it to the class, but I was allowed to enroll as a student <laughs> to a class at Miramar College, yet I cannot teach um, to any of the, the, the students uh, because I'm unvaccinated. First of all, thank you so much for serving as a firefighter. Our, our firefighters have been hit really hard by these vaccine mandates, too. And quite honestly, you were out there on the front lines when people were too afraid Thank you for calling in. Right now, we're going to take a break. And when we get back at the next hour, we're going to continue on this topic of the San Diego Community College District. And just want to let you know that this is the Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego, FM 96.1 in the North County. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.